Hey, welcome everybody. Welcome to Cigars and Syndication. I'm Robbie Rogers. I'm here with my co-host Jay Noor. And, uh, you know, we're passionate about real estate and we're passionate about cigars. Uh, we hope, uh, you've hit some of our previous podcasts before this one and, you know, continue watching. Um, today we're, uh, we're smoking a, a Liga Pravada Anniversario 10. Uh, pretty good smoke so far. Hey, thanks, Robbie. This is, uh, I'm Janaid Noor. And, uh, yeah, this is a, a pretty good smoke over here. Um, it's very smoky. I mean, there's a lot of smoke in the in the studio here. Um, but uh, what are you getting out of this? I'm, I think I'm getting some dark chocolate, some leather. Uh, I got some clove on the roof of my mouth. Yeah, I'm definitely getting the dark chocolate. Um, I'm definitely getting an earthy leather uh, a flavor as well, and incredibly smoky. Um, but 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 a smooth draw. A very smooth draw. Yeah, this is a very nice. This is their tenth anniversary Liga Pravada. Uh, uh, it's also, it's made by Drew Estates and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying this so far, but you know, as we get through the uh, podcast, we'll, uh, we'll talk about it some more. Yeah. Yeah. Today during the podcast, we're going to talk about capital stack and, and how that, um, comes together to help you get deals funded. Yeah. So the capital stack, basically, uh, we call it a capital stack is because it's, in essence, the structure, the financing structure on how you're financing a deal. So, you know, if you were buying a house or if you're buying a deal with all cash, you know, your capital stack would just be cash. Um, but when we're talking about capital stacks, we're talking about how the different uh, portions of financing stack one on top of the other to get a deal done. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the different portions are basically debt and equity and even within the debt we have uh uh different uh different types of debt and then different types of equity and each of these have different positions in in the event of a default right and that's why we stack from uh the senior most with the highest priority to the junior most or the least priority uh financing uh aspect and that's that's the way that they're structured is it's directly related to to risk. Correct. So we start with, you know, your debt. Always your debt always goes on the top of the capital stack, uh, and your equity goes at the bottom. And in your debt, the senior most financing, which is your senior debt, usually it's your bank debt. Um, it is uh, lowest risk to the bank because what the bank will do is. They will take a, a assessment of what the worth of the property is, and they'll give you a percentage of that. So they won't they won't anymore give you a hundred percent of of the value of the property. They'll want you to put some skin in the game, and they'll give you maybe you know seventy, eighty, ninety percent, depending on the type of uh, asset. So this could be a standard commercial loan or a HUD instrument, uh, some financial tool like that. Yes. And if you're, you know, if you're looking at single family homes, it's a regular, in your, in your case, it's a regular Fannie Mae mortgage. Um, uh, if you're, if you're looking for an investment property, that's a, you know, single family home that you want to flip or you want to rehab and rent out, that's your Fannie Mae mortgage. And in your case, your capital stack is much simpler. It's the, uh, the Fannie Mae mortgage on top because that's the senior, senior note. And then your cash at the bottom, which is what your 
putting in, or if you if you have partners and they're all putting in cash, then that's the equity portion that goes into that. So what other instruments are between the senior debt and the equity? That's a great question, Robbie. As you get more complex assets, uh, more expensive assets and more complex financing, you have other things called a mezzanine debt. And uh, a mezzanine debt is, uh, it falls between the senior debt and between equity. And that's kind of like a bridge loan. And if you remember from the old days before the 2008 crash, um, people used to get uh, first mortgages and they would get a second mortgage or uh, or a junior lien, a first lien and a junior lien, and they, they would initially get 100% financing. So the first lien would give them 80% financing and a junior lien which you, which usually would be at a higher interest rate would give them the additional 20% financing. Um, and the reason of the junior lien is, is always because, uh, there's not enough, uh, there's not enough equity being brought to the table and, uh, the value of the asset is higher and the senior lender does not want to take all the risk. So let's say you're buying a $10 million multifamily property. And the senior lender says, look, given this environment and given our portfolio, and remember, you know, banks change uh, how much they will lend based on their internal portfolios. So certain banks will will love multifamily. Certain banks will say, we don't want to touch multifamily. We're done with multifamily for the year. Um, we're only going to do gas stations or we're only going to do self-storage uh, or we're only going to do retail or office space. I don't know. How many banks right now are going to be financing office spaces because of the glut? But if the bank comes back and says, look, this is a $10 million piece of property. We know it's worth $10 million, but we're not going to give you, uh, we're only going to finance 50% of it. We're only going to give you $5 million and you have to bring the rest. So now uh, you have two options. Either you're bringing in the equity, which is you're raising money from people, or you bring in some mezzanine debt. Now, with the mezzanine debt, you also have to understand that it cannot just be any other lender. Mezzanine debt is always a junior lien to the initial lender. So the, the senior debt is in first position. So that only comes into account if everything goes bad. The senior lender comes in, they will take the first position. So that means the property sold off, they get paid first. And then the junior uh, lien, the junior lender, the mezzanine lender has to take the secondary position of a lien after the senior debt. That's why they charge a higher interest rate. And that's why they'll charge more because of the risk. Their risk is higher. So always better to to bring as much equity as you can and, and try to eliminate as much of the middle part of the capital stack as you can. But with the size of some of these projects, um, that mezzanine debt is, is, is pretty critical sometimes. Oh, yeah, it, it does become critical sometimes. And, you know, again, it depends on the experience of your team and, and how well you know the project and how confident you are in being able to turn it around and, and create the cash flow to be able to pay all this. Because remember, it's great to bring in more equity, but equity is more expensive than debt. That is the cheapest form of financing that you can find. Equity is very expensive. So, you know, right now, even in this environment, um, with the Fed raising interest rates, you know, uh, interest rates are at eight and nine percent. Uh, equity will be at 13 and 14 percent. So 
equity will always be more expensive. Well, th- well, that being said, what are the equity positions? So the equity can be, be basically broken down into two main groups. One is your preferred equity, and then you have common equity. Um, common is your lowest. They're the ones who, in the event of a bankruptcy, they get whatever's left over. Preferred are usually the ones who, it's kind of like a, a hybrid between a, a bank note and equity. So in a preferred equity, what happens is that uh, the, the people who are investing funds get a preferred rate of return first, but they only, but that's not a guaranteed rate of return. So if the property is producing 10% return and they have a preferred rate of 8%, then that first 8% of return goes to the preferred uh, equity owners. And then the rest is divided between preferred and common. So the, the senior debt and the mezzanine debt would be more like installments or payments. And then and then as you get into the equity portion, it's more based on performance. Correct. Senior debt, uh, debt is always guaranteed. You have to pay your lenders just like you have to pay your car note. It's not, you know, it's not based on, you know, anything uh, or your mortgage. Um, if you're, you know, if you have an investment, uh, a house, a single family house, you don't pay your mortgage based on whether you're collecting rent or not, or whether you made money that month or not. You're going to pay your mortgage on your investment property, regardless of uh, of how you do. Uh, the on the preferred side of it, however, it's performance based. So if we hit, you know, a fifteen percent uh, rate of return, and your preferred rate is eight percent then that first 8% uh, goes to you. And that 8% is 8% of what you invested. So let's say you invested $100,000, then 8% of that, uh, you'll get an 8% return on that $100,000 first. And as you're putting this capital stack together and we keep moving down the pyramid to the equity, again, they're getting a higher rate of return because of greater risk. Correct. They're getting a higher rate of return because of a greater risk. And also because they're the last people to get paid. So in the event uh, of a default, in the event of bankruptcy, uh, in the event that things go bad, COVID happened, a lot of people stop, stop paying rent, uh, your banks will still get paid, you know, unless you, you know, obviously that was one of those times when, you know, we'd have to work out some kind of an arrangement with the bank, but the bank will always get paid first. Uh, the debt, senior debt, the junior debt will always get paid first. This is the preferred and common equity holders will just have to get paid when performance uh when the property the asset is performing again. So a lot of a lot of the people that watch the podcast um they 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 participate on a passive level and they're limited partners in in some of these real estate deals. Where would they fall in this capital stack? So limited partners would mainly fall into the equity stack. Uh they would they would be given a preferred rate of return. Uh, which is your your initial hurdle. So that means that if if and again we'll we'll get into another podcast where we actually talk about the waterfall. Now the waterfall, what we do is we calculate your rate of return at the property level, and then you split it between the uh, preferred and the general partner, and then whoever is not preferred after that. So in a, as a limited partner, 
And again, it, it goes back to your partnership structure, right? Do you have a preferred rate of return? Most of these um, larger multifamily deals have a preferred rate of return, which means that in that case, it means that the limited partners, whoever they are, get paid the first eight or 10%, whatever that return is supposed to be, before the general partner gets their cut. And remember, the limited partners are the, the investors. The general partners are basically the people who are doing the working, uh, the working portion of it, right? So they're bringing in the actual experience and they're the ones who are managing the property. They're evaluating, uh, the property. They're making sure that the cash flow that they're projecting is what they can bring in. Well, now that we've talked about where the limited partners fit in, how does the ownership come to play? So banks, the, the banks have, uh, the senior debt and the junior debt or the mezzanine debt, they have a lien on the property. That means in the event of a bankruptcy or default, uh, they can foreclose on the property and get paid what they're owed plus, you know, interest and, and fees and whatever that's written in your, in your note. But they're not the actual owners. So the bank gets a guaranteed return, which is lower than what the equity partners get. But in return for that, what they give up is any upside on the appreciation and the cash flow of the property. So, you know, if you buy a $10 million piece of property and in five years it's worth $20 million, well, the bank doesn't get that additional $10 million upside. They get their guaranteed return uh, of, of uh, principal and interest whatever the interest rate is uh, currently, whatever it is at 7 or 8%, they get that, it's guaranteed, they get the first lien position, so it's very low risk for them, uh, regardless of how the upside is, but they don't share in the upside risk. And they're, they're very protected on the downside risk as well. So that's, the really, that's a really big difference between being on the debt and the equity side. Correct. The owners... The, the, the partners, the limited partners and the general partner are the actual owners of the property. So let's say you get a $10 million piece of property and, you know, you have a 20-year note. And in 20 years, you pay off that debt. Now, 100% of that cash flow and appreciation goes to the owners, which is the limited partner and the general partner. The bank is out. They, don't, they get none of the upside. They get no more other than what is promised to them in the note. Well, man, Jay, I'm glad you're on my side. <laughs> uh, you know, some of this stuff is it, it's overwhelming. And, and he's written a really good article on, on uh, the capital stack. So do yourself a favor. Jump on albanyparkcapital.com. Look around. Browse all the articles. But click on that capital stack article and educate yourself a little bit on the topic a little further. Um, I really, it's a really interesting topic and, and, and I've seen a lot of deals structured a lot of different ways. Um, and, and it can be, a, it can definitely be your ally when you're trying to get a big project pushed through. Yeah. You know, we just touched on the basics of the capital stack. Uh, there's a lot more complexity that goes into it. Uh, there's a lot of ways to do a deal. Uh, and, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. You know, 
by bringing on more partners or bringing on different types of debt. Uh, there's, uh, you know, uh, private equity that you, or private debt that you could bring in, private equity that you could bring in. Everything costs a little bit more. Everything has its pros and cons. You know, some things are easy, uh, you know, for the single family buyers. Hard money loans are easy to obtain. You can close on a property within a couple of weeks, but then you're going to pay a higher rate of interest because their risk is higher. So everything has its pros and cons, and you have to weigh out uh, which structure fits best for your deal. Well, back to this cigar. This Liga uh, Anniversario number 10 is is a really good smoke. Um, I'm getting a lot of the earthiness, a lot of the leather. Uh, the chocolate is still there, but kind of fading a little bit. Um, but a really good, uh, really good draw and and incredibly smoky. Yeah, no, I, I'm liking it. The complexity is very uh, nice. Um, I'm getting some espresso. I'm getting some mild. Now the dark chocolate has has faded some. Uh, I do still taste the cloves. Uh, I get the leather, but I am getting a little bit of espresso too. So I don't know if you're getting that, but I'm really enjoying it. I'm a big coffee fan. Yep. No, really good smoke. And if you do see one of these boxes, I did not realize this, but they only made a thousand boxes. Um, so if you see one, you should grab it. Um, really good smoke. I uh, hope you all enjoyed the podcast today. I uh, hope everybody, uh, learned a little bit about real estate and a little bit about cigars and, um, hope to see you next time. Yeah, and check us out on our on our website, www.albanyparkcapital.com. Hit us up on our social media and leave us some comments, you know. Tell us if you like the cigar. Tell us if you like um, the information that we're giving you. Uh, we have a lot of articles that we put on our resources tab on our on our website. And let us know if there's something that you'd like for us to talk about. And, uh, you know, we, we hope you'll learn a lot. So thank you for joining us and have a good afternoon.